And so I'm glad you made it and were able to, are able to join us today. And there's just something going on in our community. And so we are, uh, we're just working through it. You can probably hear a little bit in my voice. I'm just getting over something as well. Uh, this uh, last week, I had an opportunity to uh, go to a, a, what's called a prayer summit. It was in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia. And so many of you were praying for me. Thank you. It was it hit the spot, so to speak. It's what I needed, good time, whether you want to say refocus, recalibrate, whatever, but just to focus on the Lord for really about a day and a half. And so I think it was, it was good. I'm tired. Uh, I drove home last night. Uh, got, I got, it wasn't too late. It was about 9 o'clock, but it's six hours, and that tends to wear me down. So, hey, we're uh, starting a new series today called Progress Makes Our Practice makes progress. There we go. I keep switching them around in my head. Uh, and so we're going to be looking at the, the practices, the things that Jesus did that we would grow and how we can grow practical way. And so this verse is in mind. Could you say it with me? Grab one of these green cards. They're around all over. The, there's not one near you. Look in the chair in front or in back of you. Are you ready? So we'll do the reference, say the verse, and then the reference again. 1 John 2, 5, and 6. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner which he walked. He obviously is Jesus there. So you're welcome to take this and, and put it... Um, don't memorize as you're driving your car in front of it, like, but... Um, I know sometimes I, I keep it handy or mirror or whatever. You're welcome to grab those. Again, there's plenty around the room. But I, I like that expression, walk in the same manner and he walked. Because Jesus set the perfect example. Let me just throw it out here. What, 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 do you, what, do you, what are you thankful for? What do you appreciate the way Jesus did, the way he walked? He, he, I like the way he fill in the blank. Give me some, give me some answers here. Recognize normal people. Good. What else? Love the unlovable. Love the unlovable. Yeah. He responded to people's whatever foibles with gentle and kindness. Yes. What? What a patient guy, right? You think he was perfect? You think we would probably annoy him? <laughs> what else? How did he walk? Quite, what was his confidence in? Yeah. Do, yeah. Who he was and doing the Father's will, huh? Yeah. Was he patient? That's how he walked, yeah. Did he tell the truth? Absolutely, yeah. I like the way he walked. He, and, he, and he told the truth with, he told the truth firmly, but yet with gentleness and grace. Truth and grace, so... All right, well, good. Thank you for, for doing that. But yeah, he, uh, by all means, if you want to, the kids are doing, I think, just part of that verse. Uh, but uh, we can uh, follow their example, really. This series, Progress, um, or Practice Makes Progress, boy, uh, is actually a, a pretty dangerous series. Because uh, as we're putting it together and I was thinking about it, 
We're going to be talking about things like, like even today, we're going to talk about prayer, how to spend time in prayer, how to spend time in the Word. And then there are other topics of things like taking a Sabbath, taking a break, fasting, um, uh, serving, fellowship. These are just regular practices of a believer in Christ. And I was, was just kind of thinking and chewing on this, and a, and a parable came to mind. We, I know we just finished on the parables. Um, here's why it's dangerous. Because all these things are good. Being with the body of Christ is good. Doing a fast is good. Being in his word is good. Being in prayer is good. But here's the dangerous part. In Luke 18, and I'm not going to read the whole parable. You could read it later. It's in but Luke chapter 18. Jesus tells a parable of two guys are in the temple in Jerusalem and they're praying. And one guy is so full of himself. God, I thank you that I'm so cool. I'm, so, I'm glad that I, that I am a blessing to you, God, because I pray, I fast, I, I, I tithe everything, and God, aren't you lucky to have me? I'm paraphrasing. And then there's another man who's a tax collector. Low, low life. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus tells us in the parable he wouldn't even lift up his head. Completely humble. God be, God, be merciful to me. <sighs> Do you ever feel that way, by the way? Just, you mess up. God, I am, I am a sinner. I'm still in progress. <sighs> Jesus said it was the man who was humble went home justified. The, the arrogant, and then, so, so I thought, here we are going to do a series based on the very things the first guy was bragging about. <laughs> you see my point? These are good things, but we have to be careful that we do not become arrogant or legalistic. That's where the danger is. They're good things, but don't get cocky. Don't get arrogant. Uh, God, God, by the way, causes spiritual growth. We cannot do it ourselves, but on the other hand, we could also cooperate with it. Our heart is key. Our heart of humility is key. And so all these things that we're going to be talking about, even today, prayer and time in the Word, we do these not to gain more of God's love. God does not give brownie points. He's not, well, I'm really loving them better, you know, this person more than the other. God cannot love you any more than he already does this very second. Because he's infinite. I mean, he, 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 we, we don't earn that kind of favor from him. Now, as we do these practices, these practices that make, give us progress, there are some blessings too. For example, if we spend time in the word, then we're going to gain more knowledge of God, more Bible knowledge as well. We're going to gain comfort and encouragement where we're going through difficult times and we're calling out to the God and we feel it. We Again, at the prayer summit, um, one of the ladies, and I just love this, he really just summed it up because we spent a lot of time just in prayer and in worship. And, and she said, I came here, this was just Thursday night, it was two hours, Thursday night, and we just spent the entire time in praise, in different expressions, different ways, music and the word and so forth. But we just focused on our God. And she said, you know what? I came here with a lot on my mind. I came with a lot of requests. And they somehow don't matter anymore. 
The things of earth grow strangely dim when we point our our hearts to him. That's a blessing. That's we'll get that. We should be able to see those things. There are there are even physical blessings. There are better health as I trust God, for example, with my stresses. I'm I'm going to be more stress free. I'm going to be healthier as well. It's just an example. We're going to have better relationships as we learn to love one another, be patient for one another, to speak kindly to one another, to encourage one another. Our relationships are going to grow in our marriages, within our 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 siblings, our parents, our spouses, whatever. But but by following these principles, we're going to be nicer to be with. And others will be nicer as well. So yes, there are blessings. But I want to, again, there's the danger. Don't do these things so you get blessed. Do them because you love God. Do them because you love God. Proverbs 17.3, I'll just read it for you. It says, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Ask them to test your heart. So we're going to, again, I... I was sharing earlier with some people, there are like three sections of this message. I just gave you one, and then we're going to do prayer in the Word. Each one could be a message in itself. So uh, put on your seatbelt. Let's go. Uh, We have a lot to cover. Prayer. First thing is regarding prayer. This is the primary practice for us to do that we might grow in Him. And I've been on this journey for a while with prayer and been sharing it with others. We started our discipleship. Uh, group today at eight in the morning, and and that's where we're starting with prayer. Of uh, a pr- prayer to pray is not the point. Prayer is not the end of itself. Prayer is to get in touch with God. Prayer is so much more than just giving Him our grocery list, giving Him our laundry list. Even though He does answer those things, He's He He does gift us. He does heal. He does all of those things, but God is much more. Just to seek, just to seek Him alone is worth it. All right, and and what we've done over the years, over the generations, and and this came out in our group this morning, is we say, okay, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're all going to get together to pray, and so we said, well, what are our prayer requests? And we dutifully record those, and 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 then we go, you know, maybe half hour, hour, and all of a sudden we're running out of time. Well, we better pray now. And we go through other quests, and sometimes, frankly, they become little little gossip sessions. And then we, we kind of miss the forest for the trees of being in touch with the Lord. Jesus told us, well, how, well then how do we pray? How are we supposed to be praying in, in this particular practice? Well, Jesus told us. Two different times it's recorded in the gospel. Once in Matthew, we're going to look at here, and then also in the gospel of Luke. And as you look at both of those instances, both of those instructions, they're not word for word. They go, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, Jesus just told it multiple times. And he just adjusted the teaching a little bit. But when in saying that, that's proof to me that when we pray this and we call it the our father you can you could recite it as a prayer i don't think in fact i'm pretty sure it wasn't meant to be something we just recite so i mean how long does it take to to recite the lord's prayer what 15 seconds so when jesus went out to pray to the father for hours at a time did was he just repeating this over and over again 
I don't think so. It's a guideline. It's an outline for us to follow. As, we, as I read this for you, we'll read the whole prayer. There's something I want you to look for. I'm sorry, this is a bit of an English lesson. But you know what I mean by plurals? More than one. Look for the plural words. Okay? So Matthew 6, 9-13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Did you see the plurals? Where are they? I know, there wasn't supposed to be a test today. They're, they're in the end. What, what are, what are, what's an example? What are some of the plural words? Us. Us. Our. Did you see those? So, yes, we pray privately, but this was written for people to pray together and publicly. And, and you've heard me explain this before, but in, in the Greek language, in the Hebrew language, in fact, in a lot of languages, they have what's called a second person plural, which is also very common in the South. It's y'all. Okay. Un- unfortunately, in English, we would say, if I say, um, uh, you clean your room, Kathy, you all, you, you clean your room. It's the same words, but in Northern English, we don't. We don't know except by context if it's everybody or not. This expression, when he says, pray like this, it's a command. So he's not saying this is just a sample prayer you could pull out and put on your wall somewhere. This is, he's commanding us how to pray. Pray like this. And specifically he says, y'all, you all pray like this. Unfortunately, a lot of the commands in Scripture don't come clearly to us in English like that. Most of the time when we're reading commands, like in Paul's letters, Peter's letters, they're written to y'all, but we as independent Americans think it's just for myself. But he's writing to churches. He's writing to groups of people. We, you all pray like this. My point there is, is, is why we've been trying to build this with ourselves. We have our our, our pause and pray time, we're meeting uh, next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to meet for prayer after our church gathering because it's important for us to pray together as well. Prayer is not about or not for getting stuff, although God gives. Prayer is not about starting with request although we can give him our request. Prayer is not about healing, although he heals. And it's not about just rescuing from danger, although he saves. So what do we start with? Did you see how he started? Pray like this, command you all. All of you pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I know hallowed, that's such a churchy word, isn't it? How many have used the word hollowed today or this week? I haven't. 
It means to revere. Got to revere your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are, is that's, yeah, technically a request. Is that a me-centered request, though? No, I'm, I'm looking to God. And so Jesus is saying, look, when you pray, when you start praying, pray with your focus first on the Lord. Not what we want, but what he wants. I mean, even just look at it. Even if you want to use this as, as a guide to kind of feed your prayer, our Father in heaven. What a contrast. He's my Father. God, you are my Father. My, da- my dad had his good points and his bad points, just like every other dad, but you are my Father. I owe my life, I owe my existence to you. And you are so far and above, I revere your name, I revere you, but you're my Father. You are close like a father, but you, I revere your name. Your name is precious. Your name is not something to be taken lightly. Your name is worthy of all praise and honor. And you're both God. You're close and you're far. God, thank you for being my father. Do you see that? Just spend some time admiring him and you and you could look almost to any other passage in the scriptures or starting with the psalms and just focusing on him and then and then before i again before i get to my request god i want your will to be done god i i'm struggling with this area of my life you know it's that sin i keep stumbling over and i know you want me to have victory thank you lord that that is your desire God, I, 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 know you, I know it's your desire to see people come to you and, and, and I have opportunities, people I work with, with, with some of my family members and I want to share the gospel. I know that's your will for me to share the gospel. I want to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. Very God-focused. You know, we, we have our prayer list, things we're going to bring to the Lord. Do you ever wonder what God wants to pray about? See, it's a beautiful prayer Jesus gives us because it starts with him. It starts with the Lord. Not just gimme, gimme, gimme. Where am I? A few other notes to write down. There's actually going to be several things on the screen. Just a summary here. Prayer is about seeking and worshiping God. Prayer is about seeking and worshiping God. That's the focus. And you think, yeah, I've never done that. Then you, anyone could do that. Anyone could look at the scriptures and find something to pray for the Lord. You know, when we did this little card even, we said, we talked about the way Jesus walked and lived. Aren't those, aren't those fodders for prayer? His love, his compassion, the way he accepted people. You did it. You did it. Prayer is submitting, is seeking and submitting to his will. Prayer is seeking and submitting to his will. God, what do you want? I think I've used this illustration before you before, so if I have, I'm sorry. But you've, heard, you've seen praying hands, right? You can, you can go to Christian bookstores and buy little statues and pictures of the praying hands together. And when I was a nice little Catholic boy, we always had to do that and walk. And you know where that comes from? It comes from medieval times where... A servant, a serf, 
or even a knight would go up to the king or the lord of the household and he would present his hands to him. And then the king would put his hands on the outside. And so the serf was saying, these hands are yours. What do you want me to do? I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. And it's just become a posture now. But it's really a statement of saying, God, when I pray, what, what, what do you want? What do you want done? And then, and then also, if you knew God, here's, here's a prayer. This is a friend, uh, he's actually the one we're using for our prayer time, Daniel Henderson. He wrote this, and, and every time I read it, it's, it sticks me like a knife. Because he says this, if you knew God would answer every prayer request with no, would you still pray? If you knew God would answer every prayer request with no, would you still pray? Now, God's not going to answer no. But if, if my prayer life is just getting things from God, and I knew he was just going to say no, then... Why pray? I find, forget it. I won't bother. But if it's about knowing the living God, I have every reason to pray, regardless of what I get from him. And, and also with that, just as, again, as a way of advice, use the scriptures to inspire your prayers. The Psalms, almost any part. It's very, very effective to find things to praise him for, to learn about him as well. Now, speaking of the word, let's deal with that practice. Because we also not only should be people of prayer, we should be people of the word. Do you see why there's like lots of sermons in here? Sorry. Classic verse. Classic verse about the Bible, uh, uh, in the Bible about the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Paul writes this. He says, All scriptures breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good works. This is the doctrine we call inspiration. And on our, on our website, just pull this right on, off of our website, it, it says, we teach that the 66 books of the Bible are inspired, literally God-breathed, without error in the original writings and the final authority for faith and life. Now, let me take just a little bunny trail here. When it comes to this doctrine, this belief of inspiration of the scriptures, this is the one, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, this is the one that's going to be attacked by the world. It, it is pivotal to our belief system. And if you're, if you're thinking, you go, well, wait a minute, Paul says our faith is based on the cross and the resurrection. And you're absolutely right. But where did we learn about the cross and the resurrection? When we talk about the Bible is inspired, what do we mean by that? Well, we could go to a movie. We can hear a piece of music, a poem, uh, we could see um, 
a, a great, magnificent view over the ocean, over mountains, and feel inspired. That's not what we mean by inspired. Again, the term for is that Paul uses is literally breathed out. God somehow, and he did it multiple different ways, where he would, he would give the message he wanted expressed to, to prophets, to people like Moses, to apostles. And he, what was written is what God wanted written. But you also see very often that, um, that personality of that, in that person who's actually writing things down. Sometimes God said, look, you're a secretary, write down what I tell you. Like a lot of Moses' things, just write down what I tell you. Okay, <laughs> hold on, okay. But a lot of times it's, it's coming through their hearts and their minds. You look at Paul's letters, you, you could see not just the message of God, but you see Paul's passion as well. You know, and then personal things, you know, hey, bring my coat when you come. All that. It's kind of interesting that that's inspired. But God brought his message. Why is that important? And because it, it, it gives us authority. And the reason why, why that doctrine is getting attacked is because if we lose that authority, we have nothing else to talk about. If we lose the authority of the word of God in our lives, there's nothing else to talk about. Who cares now? What standard is there? There is no standard if we don't have the word of God to look for. I was, was disappointed. I, and and you're, you're probably not, at least today, maybe we will, hopefully not, but look for it in the future. There are going to be pastors and leaders and nationally known people that are just going to say, you know what? The Bible's a great book, but it's just not inspired by God. They're going to deny that doctrine. And it's, it completely undercuts everything we believe. Again, that's, that's part of the bunny trail. But it's the, we may see that overt, that very clear statement like that. But folks, it's going to be very subtle as well. I was just, I was reading a post by a student. He was a former student of mine. When he was in high school, I was his Bible teacher. He's now a pastor. And he wrote a big old article. And guess what he's, guess what he's starting to walk away from? Inspiration. Inspiration. We, according to the doctrine, it's the final authority for faith and life. And here's again the subtle part. Well, we'll just say it's the final authority for faith. What about the rest of life? It's a final authority when we talk about church, when we talk about something spiritual. Yes, that's fine. But oh, those other things, who you're sleeping with, that's not part of your faith. Don't worry about what uh, you're telling the truth. Oh, that's really not so much part of your faith. That's all cultural stuff. We don't need to worry about that. It's a subtle, subtle moving away from the scriptures. And some churches are doing it. We got to be watching for that. Because the issue is authority. Our our doctrinal statements record that that the word of God is inspired by God. It gives us his authority and his purpose. 
Some Christians will say they believe that, but they really don't follow that in their, in their practice. If I really believe in inspiration, that this was given to me by God, I'm going to take them as they are. Now, I have to be careful. There are some things that, that I, you know, you have to interpret in terms of its context because that's just how we communicate. God gave us communication. And when I was a new believer in Christ, I, there was a lot, you know, I didn't understand. In fact, I remember one question was, well, I'm reading about all these sacrifices. Do you ever read like in Leviticus and Exodus? They're, they're killing sheep. And, and why don't we do that? I mean, God commanded it. Well, there's a reason why we don't do that anymore because Jesus fulfilled that part of the law. So I'm reading, I'm reading it correctly in that sense. Some people use their scripture as, as an encyclopedia. Again, growing up in my house, we had a big, it was a big Bible. Um, it, was, it, was, it was this thick. I mean, it was a big old hunking thing, had our name engraved on it. And, and when I started attending um, Protestant churches, I never knew they came in these handy sizes. <laughs> it's like, man, you want me carrying a Bible around? I mean, those things are big. But see, the way my family used it, it was just like an encyclopedia. I know we don't. Does anyone have, does anyone have encyclopedias anymore? It's all Google, right? It's all online. But I grew up with encyclopedias. And, the, and they stayed on the shelf until you needed to know something. Now, certainly, if you have a question about life and practice, go to your scriptures. But for some believers, that's all they use it for. They'll pull it off for like an encyclopedic idea. Uh, someone who believes in inspiration will seek the word of God that their heart might change and their character might change. It's a means to mature in Christ. And I will hold it above all other forms of literature. It is literature, but it's above. It's the only thing that's inspired by God. And I will follow it as an authority for my life, for my practice, for my thoughts, for my values, this is where it comes from. Despite what my feelings say, despite what culture says, that's inspired. And, it's, and just like with prayer, I'm going to use it for fodder, for worshiping, as it reveals to me the living God. It's amazing. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing down to the joints and marrows. I've felt that, boy, when the, when the word of God convicts us and speaks to us, that's authority. Okay, prayer in the word. How do you do it? <laughs> How do you do it? Let's get a little practical here. You know what the best way to develop a habit of prayer. You ready? Here it is. Pray. The best way to develop a heart of prayer is to pray. Look back at Matthew chapter 6. Look back at that prayer that Jesus gave and say, okay, he starts with, he starts with God and then he gets to me. And then he gets to request. Start there. Start with something uh, to praise him for and look to him. Look, look to hear from him first. I strongly encourage you to 
pray, to, to seek his, his truth, what he is saying from the word of God first. Seek his face and then seek his hand. Seek, if you want to remember it that way, seek his face and then seek his hand. Use that as a basis for your prayers. What do I mean by that? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Has anyone heard of that? It's from the Bible. Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd. God, you are my shepherd. You, the God of the universe, is my shepherd. You guide me. You, <coughs> you keep me from evil. You, <coughs> excuse me, you kill wolves. You protect me. And you guide me. Thank you, Amy. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Coffee, please. <coughs> and as I bring my request to God, in that instance, I'm going to pray and, and couch clothe my prayers at least that time in you were a blessing just this is fine thank you I'm going to couch my prayers in the idea that he's my shepherd for that instance I mean there are other different examples I could give you so I got to talk to someone or I'm wondering if I should talk to someone about, their, about some parenting issues. No one in this room. God, would you shepherd me in how to do that? You're my good shepherd, God. Would, and and I, I need to, I'm not even sure yet if it's my business, God, that I need to, to share something with them. So Lord, you are my good shepherd. I don't need or want anything, but Lord, would you... Shepherd me for the words, how to say the words. You see how that's done? Do you see? Just let, let God be God and, and then couching my request with who he is. If that seemed like odd to you, then I've been working on this for years. So let, your, let yourself have that time. Seek his face first, though. And then seek his hand. Well, how do you develop now a habit of reading the Bible? A little hint. If we, if we learn to pray by praying, guess how we learn the word? You read it. Crazy. Now, I get it. It's hard to understand. Yeah. I told you earlier about those you know, all those Old Testament sacrifices and, and just, what, what is going on here? This is weird. Remember, it's, the newest parts are 2,000 years old, okay, in another culture. And then I'm reading these words like Gentile, Pharisee, tax collector. It's like, 
my brother-in-law is a tax collector. What's wrong with him? There's a lot that we, can, we, we don't understand. But I will promise you this. Keep reading. The more you read, the more you're going to get it. The more you read, the more you're going to get it. And here's an illustration. I know a lot of you like to do puzzles, and we do puzzles too. And I think the, the smallest puzzles we do at our, at our home are like a thousand pieces. And so you see, the, you see the picture, you see the box, and then we open the box and there they all are. The first thing we do is we start sorting. And I don't know how, again, you might do something differently, but we start, we start sorting the edges. And you got to find those four corners, right? Those are really key. So we look for those, and, and you don't even need to know what's on. You know, it could be upside down. You could find an edge piece. And so we find all those edges, and then we start putting all the edges, and then we get the frame together, and we think, we got a long way to go. Because our frame doesn't look anything like the picture on the box yet. But maybe there's one little section, and it's blue sky, and we think, all right, let's look for blue skies. Let's look for blue sky pieces. And we start getting those together and putting them together. And, and then, how do you get the puzzle done? One piece at a time. And that's a lot of pieces. I mean, a thousand pieces, you know, it just, just, you can't just throw it up in the air and hope it comes down. One piece at a time. And in our scripture reading, it's 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 sixty six bit books written over a span of of fifteen hundred years. I can't remember the number of all authors, but there's a lot of them. It takes some time. Give yourself some patience. Again, as a new believer, I remember being embarrassed. I didn't know the order of the books. And one of, my, one of my spiritual moms, Mrs. Neely, she took me aside and said, Joe, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll get it. No one, no one thinks you're dumb. Like, okay. Because I, I didn't know Mark from the Psalms. I mean, it was, I, I had no idea. When they told me to read John, I read 1 John. I didn't know there. You know there's more than one John? It's like... First John, second John, third John, and then the Gospel of John. And then, and then there's another guy called John the Baptist, and he's not the same John. How did I learn that? You just keep reading. You keep reading. It's, it's okay. Get those edges first, one piece at a time. And by the way, you have a whole lifetime, or at least the rest of your lifetime, to do that. Where do you start? We are, we are spoiled, folks. We, we, could, we can go on our computers and we could find multiple different reading plans. You could read the New Testament in a year, the Old Testament in a year. You could read the whole Bible in a year. You could read, I remember one plan, it was a killer. Um, you, read, you read through the Old Testament, the New Testament in a year, plus Psalms five times and Proverbs five times. Or you could spend the entire year in the book of Titus, three chapters, 
That's how deep it is. But if you want some suggestions, let me, let me tell you this. Start with a... There's no wrong place to start. But I would recommend starting with the Gospels. Just Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and even go into the book of Acts. I will tell this. If, I could, if they ever gave me permission to move books around, I do Matthew, Mark, John, and then do Luke and Acts. And the reason is because Luke is volume one and Acts is volume two. So just stick them together. Uh, chapter a day. When we look at chapters, we look at books, you know, regular books that we would pull out, whether it's a novel or whatever, they could, it could take 20, 30 minutes maybe to read a chapter. Bible chapters are small. They're really small, unless you're doing it Psalm 119, which is 178 verses. But they're small. And so that's a great place to start. Start with the book of Genesis. Genesis means beginning, so why not start at the beginning? Start with Psalms or Proverbs. Reading a psalm a day, if you read five psalms a day, you'll get through the whole book in a month. Um, and I, and I, will, I will tell you this, and I, I'm not, I don't want to sound offensive, but there, there are parts of the Bible that are harder to read than others. When you look at the, um, a lot of the law stuff of sacrificing this and sacrificing that and how the priests were to be um, uh, dressed. And then you get into the genealogies where this person begat that person, this person begat that person. And then you get into, well, there's a book called the Book of Numbers because it contains a lot of numbers, of just it's just it's data it's hard data okay. there are also but my, the first sermon i ever preached was from numbers chapter 13 it's a great story i'm going to give you permission for those parts you can skim now if you ever are researching the population patterns of the city of gilgal then you'll, you'll want to dig in deeper there, okay? But it's okay if you, if you go through those a little bit faster. Keep reading. And, and you know what? If you're confused, ask. Ask someone. Ask another believer. Find out, you know, hey, what, what's going on here? Do you understand this? I don't understand this passage in light of another passage. I'm wrestling with a, an issue right now between... How do we and I'm jump I'm sorry, this is this hope this may this probably is gonna come up in a future series, but how do we how do we live in the world but not be of in the world? I'm struggling and wrestling with that. I'm gonna be searching the scriptures and asking other people. Now, let me give you another how-to. Did you notice the little books around the chairs? Those are blank journals. And you might already do this. You might want another one or a bigger one or something. Um, these are super helpful. My personal habit is, I, I, again, I, use, I start with the scriptures. I'm, I'm reading, I'm looking at it, I'm learning about the Lord. And then I, write, I actually write my prayers out in my journal. 
I don't know when I started that or why or whatever. It just seemed like a good idea. And, or other times, maybe there's some other things that you're praying about or you're learning about in the Word. Something about a pen and pencil in hand helps me to stay focused. And maybe that's for you. You're welcome to take one of those. There's even different colors. So like you can have one for your spouse and one for you. And uh, if you don't like the one that's near you, look around. There's others like four or five different designs. Now, when you're reading, record some observations. And there's an acronym, excuse me, there's an acronym called SPACE. SPACE. And so uh, it, it helps you identify these things. So you're reading in the Gospel of John, for example. Is there a sin to confess? James and John come up to Jesus and say, we want to sit at your right hand and on your left because we're so cool. And Jesus said, no, you're not. And you're full of arrogance, guys. That's a sin. Arrogance is a sin. God, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing my arrogance to you. The, the S in the word space means sins to confess. Do you see how that's a space right there? I did say it's an acronym, right? How about a promise to claim? We mentioned Psalm 23, the shepherd leads me. That's a promise. God, you lead me as my shepherd. Promise to claim. Is there an attitude to change? Have this mind be in yourself that is in Christ Jesus who, I just lost the verse. Philippians chapter, I'm sorry, I was driving six hours yesterday. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ, who, who, who emptied himself. Humility, giving, thinking people more important than ourselves. Maybe there's an attitude that the scripture reveals that you need to change. This one's a good one, command to obey. Lots of commands in the Bible. Um, pray without ceasing. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pick up the cloak that I left in Taurus and bring it. No, you know, it's, that's okay. You don't have to do that one. Um, but you should be nice. You should be helpful to people. I think that's the principle behind that command. So it's all, it's, some of these commands, they might not directly appeal or apply to us, but there's a principle underneath them. So we don't slaughter a lamb and put its blood on the doorframe for the Passover anymore. But we certainly have a Passover lamb, and we have to apply that blood in a, in a real yet spiritual sense to our hearts. We still have a Passover lamb. So I'm going to obey that command. Uh, love one another. Love God. You might have heard those commands to, uh, to obey. There may be an example to follow. Uh, I love the story of Paul and the book of Acts where they're going north. Let's go north. Come on, let's spread the gospel. And they go north. And the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go north. And so, okay, let's go west. And so they go west. And the Holy Spirit says, no, quit going west. And, and Paul says, oh, how about northwest? And so, yes, they start going northwest and the Holy Spirit leads and guides them. And I thought, I want that kind of sense of sensitivity that Paul had. That's a good example for me. Let's leave this slide up for just a, a little bit in case people are writing those down. So in your journals, 
use this. You write it, write, grab one of those journals now, and there are pens in there. Write, write these out so as you're reading in the Word of God. Have this, again, another attitude. Have this mind of Christ. Uh, promise to claim, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, that Jesus is our author and, perf- and perfecter of our faith. It's, it's, he's, he's going to bring us to the end of where our faith should be. Okay, and, and by the way, getting kind of coming full circle back to prayer, as you're reading the word and you see these things, guess what you can do about those? Pray about them, pray through them. That God's will, as God's revealing his will to you, his will could be done in your heart and in my heart and in our church as it is in heaven. Crazy. Absolutely crazy, but real. Let's spend some time in prayer, pausing in prayer. We have just one more song to do and a few announcements today. Um, thanks for listening to my voice for so long, even as it's scratching out. It's one of the longer messages I've done. But uh, let's, let's, let's thank the Lord for the access to him through prayer and the word. God did not just say, you're on your own, figure it all out. He gave us these things. And then maybe we need to spend some time in confession. God, I've neglected your word. I've neglected prayer. But I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would change my heart. And then, talking about God's will, praying for deeper understanding for the, of him. So I will be quiet, and you may pray, and I'll close this in a little bit. You may pray out loud if you like. God, you are infinite and I am not. So I could I could spend the rest of my breaths and heartbeats praying and reading your word and never even come close to the end of you. And Lord, thank you for these two these two ways to get to know, to come into your presence. If we 
prayer is being in the presence of God. We are there. We, your children, are in your presence. A voice being heard before the very throne of heaven. And so, God, we, uh, we acknowledge that. We do not want to squander it. And I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I, got, I pray for this church. We're not immune from these subtle little things that would pull us away. God, help us to be clear. Maybe there are traditions that we need to abandon, but they're just traditions. But, oh, God, to hold on to your word and its truth and its teaching as our bulwark, as our standard. If, we're, if we've misinterpreted something, God, then show us. We want to be true. And God, I pray for us. I pray for us as a church body that we would, we, you want to know us. It is, again, your will on earth as it is in heaven that we know you. And we grow in you. It is your will. And so I pray that we as a church body can do just that. In your name, amen. Um, while you're coming up, I'll go ahead and just do announcements now. Do you mind? Okay, yeah. Uh, Easter, Easter is at the end of the month, last Sunday of the month, the 31st. Uh, and so um, if there's someone you're inviting, and to be honest, I've, I've just started to think about this myself, coworker, family member, friend, uh, neighbor, whoever, and saying, you know, I want to I wanna pray about them. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email um, or, or talk to just someone else within our body here. Just join together in praying for those uh, people that they'd be willing to come. It is going to be very uh, evangelistic. Uh, going to, I don't have the exact verses in my head yet, or, but it's that part of, of Peter's message in Acts chapter 2 where he tells them about Jesus being crucified and resurrected. So, um, prayer, speaking of prayer. Uh, some of you have been asking me about this. I mentioned it. Uh, I've been working with some of the other uh, pastors within our area uh, to have two opportunities where we can pray, and I want you to be to, to feel invited and even join us. There are two times, they're both on Tuesday. One is on Zoom. And so you can log on to, to Zoom. I could send you the link and join us for prayer from 7 to 7.30. And uh, lately we've been praying, if you've been going to the Lenten gatherings, we're praying for uh, the pat throughout of that passage and the speaker in the church for the Lenten gatherings. The other one is at 8 o'clock and that changes, the location changes each month. In March, it's going to be at Martinsburg Church in Bruin. That again, that's 8 to 8.30. So 30 minutes uh, either way. And if you want to join, I mean, if you want to join us at, again, face-to-face, then just show up. If you want to join us for that Zoom one, uh, then go ahead and uh, let me know. And I, I, I might just send it to everybody. That would just be the easiest thing. And you'll see the link and you could, again, join us. If you've never done Zoom before, um, Zoom is kind of like going to Starbucks the first time. It's like, I, don't, I just want a cup of coffee. You know, and it's, they want vente or all these other weird words and, and you feel a little awkward. Um, once Again, it, it's not real hard, but it, it's just you got to get over that initial thing. 
but uh, it's a video call. That's really what it comes down to. And then speaking of prayer, again, we're going to have our time. I know in our schedule we said we're, we start at noon, but usually we're starting by even 11.45 or so. It's when everyone's ready. It won't start past noon, but uh, and for about 30 minutes. So uh, be, be willing to sit down and stay with us for a little bit longer. All right, Laura and Michael.